Welcome to CHN Radio, episode 97. I'm your host, Greg Troxell. We are back from the international break. This one felt like it took a year. And we are happy to talk about a two-game winning streak, Newcastle United, going on three. And to help me, and to make you laugh, and to make you feel special to listen to this podcast, the best damn co-host in the land, Elijah Newsom. What's up, party people? It's Elijah. We're live from Charlotte, North Carolina, which I don't know if you've ever heard of Charlotte, North Carolina. They call it the Queen City. That's what I'm mm. learning about this place, Greg. It's it's electric out here. Yeah. Yeah, I've spent many a night in Charlotte. Yeah, it's a nice little city. I honestly was a little shocked. I you know, Charlotte, a- one of the best undercover St. Patrick's Day cities in America. Oh, yeah, I I don't I wonder if like people in the UK care about St. Patrick's Day as much as we do. Definitely not because I, I, have, I just I have sources. <laughs> okay, because it just seems like in America it's a big deal. That I mean, really, it's a day it's, for everyone to get sauced. But I feel yeah. like in the UK, like unless you're in Ireland, no one cares. But also in the UK, like Friday, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Friday is just that day. I, I I mean I don't know. You just said Friday, and I was like, I yeah, was so like confused. yeah. When when um, you, and you probably got a taste of this when you went over to England, but like if you like as soon as the workday is done, people like a ton of people go to the pub. Like that's I mean, what a lot of people do. I just thought that's not what as do prevalent on Fridays. In, I just get drunk every no, Friday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, in the UK. That's not as prevalent in America. That culture. That's that fair. Pub culture. Yeah, that's fair. So that's they don't fair. need a St. Patty's Day. Yeah. We do that to make up for the rest of the days. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, you can follow me on Twitter at Elijah <laughs> underscore Newsome. Um, yeah. And Greg, where can the people follow you? Uh, at NUFC underscore Greg. And make sure you follow our podcast at CHN underscore radio. And by the time you're listening to this, you're going to know that we have a new show oh, on our platform. That's true. Yeah. And... Um, it is called the False Nines. It's uh, two guys, Zach and Adam, from Colorado. It's a Premier League podcast, so now you can you don't have to do anything if you're already subscribed. Then you're gonna get it you're, as soon as they post. It's gonna be a bi-weekly show, and then if you haven't subscribed, make sure you go wherever you're listening to this. Make sure you click subscribe. Give us a five star rating because we'll give you more giveaways, um, and you'll be able to listen to the show. And actually, well, Elijah, we should just go right into it now. Yeah, and and welcome you, Adam and Zach. We'll let's do this now. All right, and we are here with this special announcement. We've been kind of hinting at the fact that there is something wonderful coming to your beautiful ears, um, and I have these gentlemen with you. I have Zach Pensack and Adam Goffin from SB Nation coming home, NUFC's own, the False Nines podcast. How are we doing, gentlemen? 
Footy! Yes, we are off nines footy. We are doing great, Greg, to translate that for you. Uh, we are so happy to be with you guys and so excited to be joining the Coming Home Newcastle family. Yes. Yeah, happy to be here. Um, this is Adam uh, with my buddy here, Zach. We're very excited to be bringing you guys a bi-weekly um, footy podcast on the English Premier League. Um, really excited to be working with you both. Thank you for the opportunity, Elijah and Greg. Yeah, yeah, really cool. So if you are a subscriber, which all of you should be, just go search Coming Home and UFC on wherever you listen to your podcasts, and now you will start seeing the false nines just magically appear there. There's nothing extra that you have to do. So if you're already subscribing, you can already get their content, and it's going to be an awesome show because while we just give you the Newcastle side of things, they give you the full Premier League side of things with a little Newcastle influence to it. So uh, I'll, 19 I'll, times better. Yes. Oh, Wow. Yes. <laughs> okay. Them's words. I'll give that to them, I guess. Uh, but um, so we'll we'll start with you, Adam, the loudmouth. Um, just give us a little intro about yourselves, and then uh, when you're done, we'll pass it over to Zach. Sure. Yeah. Um, I am Adam Goffin. Grew up in Wales in the United Kingdom. Um, so um, I've been a football fan pretty much my whole life. Newcastle fan um, over half of it. Um, so really, really excited to to be able to to speak a little bit about the Premier League and obviously with a little bit of a, an emphasis on Newcastle there. I've been in the States since 2006, um, so live in Denver now, um, but really, really love to stay in touch with what's going on back home. And uh, obviously, as I mentioned, coming from Wales, great week for us with qualification for Euro 2020. <laughs> Congrats, I guess. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, yeah, so, so going from a man who, who will be watching his country play in a major tournament next year to a man who probably will not be watching his country play in a major tournament for a number of years. Are you uh, Cuban? The Gold Is Cup. That, the Gold it, Cup. They, yeah, you're also – all right, give Cuba some credit. They've played in some major tournaments, Zach. Uh, <laughs> Recently? So uh, I am a born and bred American, uh, unfortunately, from a footballing perspective, uh, Zach Pensack. Uh, and I grew up in uh, New England, uh, emigrated out to Denver about a year and a half ago, met Adam through the local Newcastle supporters group and have been doing the False Nines with him ever since. I started the False Nines uh, by myself uh, just about a year and a half ago. Adam came on board at the beginning of this year. And we've been uh, doing it together uh, ever since January. So really excited to take this Premier League podcast uh, to the broader audience through Coming Home Newcastle. Uh, in terms of my Newcastle allegiance, it, it started about, I would say, I'd say about 15 years ago, watching a Premier League game, having played football myself my, my entire life and decided that I wanted to be a Premier League fan. Uh, one of the teams playing was Manchester United, so I knew that I couldn't jump on that bandwagon, and so I picked the team wearing the weird prison guard uniforms. Referees. Uh, have, been, have been a Newcastle supporter ever since. Uh, some highs, more lows, and happy to be here. Yeah, that's great. Adam, can you actually speak to how you became a fan real quick, just so everyone's on the same page? Yeah, I do sure. know that I know Greg knows, the folks down at Toon Army Denver know, but it's kind of unique. Yeah, so growing up in Wales, um, I was um, a huge fan of the Welsh team, the national team. Um, a lot of players back then played um, at, at the top level in the Premier League as well. Um, Gary Speed is is the one that, that obviously has really stuck out to me as somebody who's made me a Newcastle fan. And I really came on board in the entertainer's days um, when Keegan took over as well. 
Um, so Keegan, Keegan for me was a big influence, um, somebody that really came in and played the game in a way that I haven't seen um, teams play in a long time. And that, you know, we'd rather, we'd rather lose 5-4 um, than, than 1-0, you know, take it to the teams, play a really attacking style of football. Um, and then really, I think, you know, what really sealed the deal for me was, was watching some of my beloved Welsh players like Gary Speed, Craig Bellamy, Ian Rush even made a cameo there for maybe half a season. Um, seeing them play for, for Newcastle um, was, was pretty awesome uh, as a fan. So I've been, been on board for, for the longest time, late 90s, became a fan. Um, and unfortunately, it's like one of those like relationships that, um, those, those bad relationships where you, you, know, you, you stick with that girl through thick and thin, even though sometimes you know, she's a little bit abusive to you. Uh, it's a little bit rocky relationship at times, but you, you can't quit her. That's Newcastle United for me. Wow. That was quite the analogy. <laughs> I give that one a lot about Newcastle. It's, it's a very abusive relationship as a fan, as you guys know. Yeah. Ooh, I, I, I'm not going to say yes. I'm just going to say, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So, so one question I have for you is we're going we're gonna to talk Newcastle players now. Um, who's, the, who's the greatest? We'll start with you, Zach. Uh, who's the greatest Newcastle player of this decade? From 2010 on. Yeah, so so I know that a lot of the the journalists who cover Newcastle extensively have been releasing their team of the decade. Uh, I've seen some that I uh, grew with pretty pretty heavily. See some that I was shocked by. Uh, quick quick kind of negative shout out to Mark Douglas putting oh. uh, Musa Sizoko on his team of the decade. That I I I can't see a lot of reasoning behind that one. Um, but uh, anyhow, uh, yeah, I'd say for for my player of the decade um um it's tough but i i would go with uh i'd go with johan kabai i i think on his day kabai was a top three center midfielder in the Premier league i don't think we've had somebody who had the consistent performances like kabai did for really about uh, a couple seasons. I think he was really the player that I would stand behind as the best player Newcastle's had in, in this decade. Wow. No Iosi Perez. That's interesting. I do love Iosi Perez, but he's not. <laughs> um, and Adam, what about you? I think uh, when I think about players that have played for the tune, um, somebody really around that same sort of era, uh, maybe a little bit later, um, somebody that springs to mind for me is Jeannie Wijnaldum. Uh, didn't play for Newcastle for that long, but when was the last time we had somebody score five goals in a game um, yeah. and, not, and not be a number nine, right? Um, Alan Shearer, probably the last one before that would be my guess. Um, Wijnaldum is an incredible player. Uh, when you think about him and Sissoko in the same team, I think if you talk to any Newcastle fan, um, they have a lot of animosity towards Musa Sissoko and love reveling in his poor performances. But on the flip side of that, I think all Newcastle fans pretty much didn't begrudge um, that, that move that Wijnaldum got. Um, and he really deserved that. He came in and he gave his all for the team um, and looked massively impressive. I only wish we'd stayed up and had the sort of management and leadership that might have been able to keep him in that team. Well, you guys are both wrong. The best player to grace Newcastle this decade was Real Madrid's Hasselu. So um, <laughs> I'm just shocked that his name didn't come up in conversation yeah, because he is a Paul. club legend in his own right. Yeah. I mean, the, uh, the best scoring record in Real Madrid's history. Yep. The, the False Nines podcast does not want to recognize that answer with a response. 
<laughs> oh wow wow okay that's already a bit ba- a major difference between the two podcasts yeah they're your favorite anti-hostile. players on a relegated newcastle side i mean come on guys yeah. okay <laughs> all right close, close second for both zach and i would probably be paul dummett oh oh yeah you guys I, are obsessed no. with paul dummett who isn't even welsh yeah um no but he's welsh by grandparents okay. i would say it, that it counts would, if it we're digging if we're digging deep, I would say, uh, although not the best player of the last decade, my favorite player and the player that I think uh, left the most on the field would be uh, Jonas Gutierrez. Yep. Gutierrez. Buen buenos Aires. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Well, I have one more question that we like to ask anyone we interview, um, whether it be Mark Douglas, who's a friend of the pod, or you guys, who I guess we're now – we're, we're family of the pod. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, that's huge. Uh, so uh, one question we do like to ask all of our guests is um, if you could go back in time and watch any Newcastle match, like during any era, any match, you get to see it live, what match would you choose? Oh, I got, I got one for you here. Um, okay. Tino Aspria hat-trick against Barcelona Champions League. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, magic. Um, just <laughs> I, I remember watching it um, – on TV from from my living room in the UK and just watching Tino Aspria light it up against one of the best teams in the world. And that's when you knew Newcastle had arrived on the world stage. Um, just an incredible player, um, incredible advocate for the tune as well. Um, and just one of the best European nights that I can remember in, in, in my life. Yeah, I was that 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 European night was a bit before my time as as a Newcastle supporter. But uh, the the definite answer for me is the four four draw at home against Arsenal in two thousand eleven, uh, capped by the Cheek Tiot volley, uh, the only goal he ever scored for Newcastle. Um, uh, that was I, I still you know eight years later remember that match so unbelievably vividly. Uh, the, the comeback in the second half after giving up four goals in the first and looking like we were going to get trounced in a, a now Southampton-like fashion. Uh, and to end on that that note and just hearing St. James's Park, I don't think I've ever heard the, the stadium as loud as it was when that volley went in and when Steve Harper dropped the people's elbow uh, in the celebration. And Pardue in the, on the touchline there, Absolutely. looking like he'd won the league. <laughs> <laughs> love it love it well we're excited to be working with you we're excited to have you on the coming home nufc podcast network go check them out make sure you subscribe like a lot of their their twitter updates are going to be coming from our podcast account at chn underscore radio we'll be uh we'll be giving you clips from their show we'll be telling you when they're when they're going live so look out it's bi-weekly guys right released every thursday morning is that is that how it's how it's going down yeah, so so we'll be uh, dropping a new episode, exactly that, every two weeks uh, on the Thursday morning. Uh, and just a note, a, a big section of our, our podcast is uh, responding to questions from the listeners. So we, we have an email account that we would love for folks to reach out to. Uh, it's thefalse9spodcast at gmail.com. That's thefalse, uh, the number nine, S podcast at gmail.com. Please reach out to us with any questions you have and we'll uh, try to get you on the pod yeah we'll answer pretty much anything within reason (laughs) awesome well thanks a lot guys for joining and uh we'll we'll be keen to listen to your show tomorrow thanks or actually no this is friday now so yesterday we've already it's already out yeah everyone that's listening to this has now listened to this show 
They're probably confused. <laughs> they're like, did CHN radio drop? And they're like, no, what is this new thing? And then yeah. they listen to you guys' podcast and then they forgot about us. And then Look at these handsome gentlemen with <laughs> these dulcet tongues. I don't think that handsome they even know you're podcast. handsome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they know Greg and I are handsome. The oh, people yeah. have seen our faces. The people know. <laughs> well, guys, thanks so much. It's, it's going to be awesome potting with you. And uh, all the best. Looking forward yeah, to it. Appreciate it. Bye. All right. Bye. All right. Now it's time for some club news. Oh. Uh, the rest of the pod will be club news, and then we'll preview Vile. Mm. Um, let's go into the Vile. Wait, preview yeah, Vile. Vile. Is that what you're calling yeah, Aston people, Villa? Yeah, that's what people call it. That's oh, like a. I'm not in these circles. <laughs> um, yeah, I just been calling I mean, him yeah, Villa this whole time. Fine too. Okay. Um, so let's let's talk about the international break. I'll just give a, a quick recap. Um, Almiron scored. Mm. Elijah, how do you feel about that? He did it in the summer. What? He scored in the summer. What well, he he scored so. like he scored on Thursday. That's what I'm talking. Yeah, about. I know, but I'm saying like that. I'm I'm just saying he's already done it before. So, I mean, when he scored, I was like, okay, cool. I wasn't really, like, I, I think people were freaking out. Well, it was a really nice like, goal. I mean, we, it was a nice goal, but it's, I don't know if anyone was doubting. I guess I guess people were doubting his ability to score, but it was like, I wasn't doubting his ability to score because I've seen him score, like, I, I don't, I'm not going to say hundreds of times, but plenty of times at multiple levels. So, I'm just, I don't know. I It's cool that he scored. I'm happy for him. Maybe that's a boost of confidence going into the Villa game, and we'll talk about it later. Where there's an opportunity for him and Saint Maximin, Saint Gucci Max, to get their first goals, and Joel Linton to get back on a on a good scoring graces, just due to the situation. And Villa's don't forget in. about I, I don't Karen know. Clark too. He could, yeah, Karen Clark to add yeah. to his season leading <laughs> tally, um, which is more likely than honestly all three of those guys scoring. Um, but I mean. You know, the Villa situation leans to them being able to score. And, you know, I, I hope Miggy scores, but yeah, it was, know. I'm glad he scored for Paraguay in a meaningless Yeah, friendly. against Bulgaria. And it, it was a, like a short side goal. Like he did it near post, beat the goalie, like put a lot of pace on the shot. It was definitely a good shot in traffic, two defenders marking him. And uh, it, it was definitely, uh, definitely could tell there wasn't a lack of confidence there. Uh, moving on. Well, oh, do you have wait, Greg? Real quick, I think I would have been more impressed if it was a one-on-one v the keeper, because <laughs> those are the goals he's struggling yeah, to score true. with Newcastle. True. Yeah. Um, Kieran Clark played for Ireland. He uh, oh. he started in the first match in a friendly against New Zealand, which they won three to one, and then he came on as a halftime sub in the Euro qualifiers in the draw against Denmark. But nothing really to report there. He didn't make any mistakes, so that's good. Uh, Dubrovka, he had a nightmare game against Croatia and a shutout against Azerbaijan. I think we can all kind of expect that to happen. Uh, Croatia are just so much better than Slovakia, and so I'm not discrediting Dubrovka at all for that. Uh, like Croatia just dominated them, so let me know. It's crazy that Cro- I think Croatia's this generation for Croatia. Their last shot at like glory is the Euros, the twenty twenty yeah. Euros. I, I don't know if because that that team is a lot of like 
really great players, but a lot of them are like either 30 or north of 30. So, well, that's a team to look out for in yeah. the Euros. Uh, them in Netherlands are my dark horse oh, teams. Get so, your bets in. Yeah. Um, yeah, get those bets in. <laughs> DeAndre Yedlin for America. America. Um, they, like, cruised. Shout out Team yeah. America. Uh, yeah, they cruised. Movie. They beat Canada 4-1. to They beat Cuba 4 nothing. Yedlin came on for four minutes against Canada, and then he started and played, like, pretty much an hour against Cuba. And that Cuba game was on an awful pitch. It was, like, uh, in the Cayman Islands. There was, like, 17 well, That people. was technically a home game for Cuba, Yeah, right? their stadium's under construction, so, and they don't have another suitable stadium. So, yeah. Uh, they have to play. I, I do enjoy the Caymans. I've never been, but I've heard good yeah. things. So I'm just going to say. Do you I also notice that their dressing room was like in a different town? <laughs> like, <laughs> it seemed like like their dressing rooms like were so far away, like further than I've ever seen in any game ever. That that's one of those where if I'm Cuba, I just ask America to find a venue and I split the profits fifty fifty because there was also like no one at that match. Yeah. So it's like. You it might was, as well just try to play. It that was like a America. couple locals like you, and then Americans visiting the Cayman Islands on vacation. <laughs> yeah, which is like, people. like, oh no, I'm American. I have to go to the Cayman <laughs> Islands. Uh. But no, I, hey, and also just like Canada, I, people were freaking out about that match um, because New, the U.S. had lost to Canada earlier. But I mean, realistically, these are two Concacaf teams that the U.S. traditionally has done really well against I mean people thought we were going to score we were going to break the scoring record against Cuba the last time we played we played them so I, I don't know I, I it's not I wouldn't look too much into it with the, the Yedlin situation I would look into the fact that it does seem like Yedlin might be losing his starting spot on the national team so well he also got a late start because you. of the injury that he had yeah like well, a late I mean start I, just, Ber- I was Ber- Ber- I'll just Ber- say Ber- this I thought that they would play Sergino Dess at left back and Yedlin at right back, and they, they just didn't. They went with Sergino Dess is going to play right back, and Yedlin's going to have to fight for a place with him, which is stupid, but I'm not the coach of the U.S. men's national team. So, there's yeah. that. Uh, going to the non-senior members, non-senior team members, we had Matty Longstaff made his first two appearances. Um he came on as a sub in the first match in an easy 4-0 win. All the goals were scored by the time he came on, and then he started and played the full 90 in a 3-0 win against Iceland. Um, there was nothing great to report, and he made no mistakes, so I would call that a successful first winner for him. Oyson McKenty, he uh, appears a lot for U23s, but also is a regular for our U18s. He's the captain of Ireland's U19s. They... Uh, lost to Switzerland 2-1. to one. Um, Oysen scored in that one. And and he almost scored again to tie. Uh, he was dominant in that. And like when he almost scored a tie, like they were down to 10 men. Oysen had a hell of a game. Uh, then they beat Gibraltar 13 to nothing. <laughs> um, well, he didn't yeah. score in that one, <laughs> surprisingly. Uh, he, he only played the first half. It was 4 nothing at halftime. And then he started and played the full 90 against Austria. Um, and he played 90 minutes, got subbed off in extra time, but they lost that one 2 nothing. Um, so really good break for him. And then the last one is Joe White. Joe White's somebody I've been talking about a lot on this podcast as a good, a potential good striker for 
Newcastle. He's in England U18s. Um, so he didn't score, uh, but he got a lot of playing time and looked good. Had some good chances. Uh, England U18s beat Russia 5-2. to They drew Norway 4-4. And they beat Czech Republic 1-0. Three different friendlies. And Joe played all three. He started and played like more than an hour and all. So, yeah. That's interesting that the the, the youth teams are playing three friendlies. Yeah. Also, when you were talking about Oysen, I wanted to make a straight of Gibraltar joke, but I, it's really difficult to make a straight of Gibraltar joke. As I was trying to process it, I was like, you really can't do much with straight of Gibraltar yeah. when you're talking about. Yeah, it's just it's a tough one. So if there's any comedic geniuses out there, let's uh, let's get on that. Yeah, let's let's do that. <laughs> um. Next, I want to talk about is Jamal LaSalle's. So he's out. Oh. He's going to be he out is. for at least 13 games. He'll be at least until next year. Um, and I'm sure they'll be reassessing him for the month of December. But there's a, a significant portion. This is the most LaSalle's has missed consecutively since uh, he joined Newcastle. The most he ever missed was five games. Um, so we need a captain. And Brucey has, well, not controversially, but he just hasn't named vice-captains. Um, and he had a philosophy about that, said, like, why would I name a backup captain? Like, we have a captain. Like, that's who the captain is. There's no point in naming a backup. Well, now he's going to have to name one. So um, there's a couple thoughts, and Chris Wolf actually wrote a great article about this on The Athletic. Um, mm. But a couple thoughts I wanted to bring to your attention. Um, okay. Here's, here's my thoughts. You obviously have Paul Dummett, local, yes. Newcastle, all the way. Like He's been, already been viewed as a leader. Um, now, my one downside is, is he going to start at, in every match? Because you need the captain to be doing that. Yeah, that, that's, that would be my downside, too, is, is Paul Dummett a top three center back at yeah. this club? The next person. Probably not. If, you get, if you're given... First choice, all healthy guys. You go with. I think you well, go. Wait, with wait. I'm going to give Garrett you Mark Fabian Shirt. I'm going to give you the but, my choices for captain, and I would like you to pick. Oh, one. I was just giving you my center back choices. Oh, okay. So, yeah, that was it. It was Fabian Share, Lejeune, and probably Clark. Yes. Just because Clark is our leading scorer, and you could really, I don't see defensively. I don't see much of a difference between him and Fernandez, but he is our leading scorer. Yeah. So. But anyway. Um. So you have Dummett. The next one, the a person who's already captain as well, is John Joe Shelby. Mm, That's interesting. an interesting one because he's already he's he's been there, he's done that. Um, but obviously, you have that same situation here: of is he going to be playing every match, and what that means going forward to, with our midfield. The other player that I'm really intrigued about. Martin Dubrovka. He's also captain before. And if you remember, he was a like he was called out by Benitez as being a player who could be the next coach. Like a, one of the next great coaches in uh, soccer. So that could be something that happens. So based on is there any others that you would like consider as captain. I've I've seen uh, a, I wouldn't I don't know if I'd put much stock into this. I've seen talks of Isaac Hayden and also Fabian Share 
Uh, but I think that's more on fans liking those players because of their play rather than how or how much are they a leader. I, I wouldn't expect any of the front three to be involved. I think I would. I mean, I would argue that if Matt Ritchie were healthy, it would be Matt Ritchie. But yeah, not. So, so yeah, I didn't put him in that's, there. That's the issue. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I mean, and I, obviously, I know you didn't put him in there for for that reason, but um, I, like, in I don't know. I I think that there's a high likelihood that it's going to be either Paul Dummett or Martin Dubrovka. Um, I just think with Shelby, um, one, it's it's really tough. I think that's one where it's super tough to to guarantee that he'd start every match because it's so up in the air with such a competitive midfield with both Longstaff brothers and Isaac Hayden. It's just in key as well. It's just really tough to guarantee that he's going to start every match. And you could say the same about our center backs, but I think that there's just like, I don't know, there's less of a risk when you're starting Paul Dummett versus if you start John Joe Shelby and John Joe Shelby's off and doesn't track back. It's just, it's just a nightmare. Yeah. Um, so I, I would put Dubrovka and Dummett ahead of, of, of him in that pecking order, like just in general. Um, I think it is interesting to go with the keeper, though. Um, it, it's something that is pretty commonplace. Like, I know in Atlanta United, and I, I think, I mean, this has happened all over the MLS especially, but um, the MLS is not a model league, to say the least. It seems like when a captain's injured or they try to phase a captain out, it goes straight to the keeper. And it, I think, you know, like you said, Dubrovka seems to be a natural-born leader, and so does Paul Dummett. I mean, I think they both could end up being coaches. Uh, it just, you know, is Paul Dummett going to start every match? I don't know. You know Martin Dubrovka is going to start every yeah. match. So, uh, yeah. It, but I, I don't know. Uh, it's weird. But knowing Steve Bruce, I I would uh, – the logical answer is Dubrovka, but Steve Bruce is going to captain Paul Dummett. Watch. You think? I think so. I, I mean, it also I think that you can get away with starting Dummett for – a lot of matches because he's not a bad he's not a bad center back by any means he hasn't done anything poorly I, I don't know I, I don't think he's bad um it, it gets tricky with you know the former Karen Clark but it just seems like with center backs we, you can't really lose at Newcastle like no matter who you plug in there they seem to do well so I don't know that's why you can get away with LaSalle's being the captain for so long even though if you look at it, I don't know if Lascelles is really a top three center back at our club, but it you can get away with him starting every match and not being a big deal and not having a huge drop off, just due to the fact that we have six good center backs at Newcastle. So I I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was Paul yeah. It's going to be certainly it's going to be a lot of fun um, to see who this is. I I think I would like it. So I think it's definitely going to be. Uh, dumb it as well. Like if I was betting on it, but I'd like it to be Dubrovka. Um, and that's just my opinion. So I don't think there's a wrong. If it's Dubrovka, I think what everyone's really looking forward to is just the fact that just the the day when we get Lascelles and Cher playing alongside each other. And honestly, it's one of those things. Wait, did I say Cher and Lascelles? I'm a probably meant Cher and Lejeune. Wow, um, <laughs> you're you're good. Just because, yeah, just because it's just, that seems fun. Um, but I, I think if you remove Dummett as a captain, it's Dubrovka. You just get to get, like, the best possible combinations at center back, which is, like, 
something that we just haven't been able to see because, like I said, Jamal Sells, I don't know if he's our he's if he's one of our best center backs in general. I, I don't know. And it just seems like we've been starved of having like the perfect center back lineup. And whether that's Lascelles, not sorry, whether that's Lejeune, Sharon, Clark, or whether that's Lejeune, Sharon, Fernandez, like I don't know. But it just seems like it's something we've been starved of. And having Dubrovka as, as captain allows us to play our top three center yeah. backs, like just in general. So, yeah, I think it's enough talk about captains. Yeah, that, well, it's it's. The big part of our news there. So the next thing that we'll talk about is Christian Asu was on the club's uh, YouTube account. And they said, who's the best in practice at Nutmegs? Which is, Do you have a guess on who we know? I mean, I know the answer because I see your notes. But I also think it's weird that the club asked that question. Uh, it's, a, it's a strange question. I don't think so. Uh, it's, it's a fun question, sure, but it's still strange. But I don't know. Okay. It's Sinkuchi oh, Max. Shocker. Looking for. Are you sure it's not? Uh, yeah, are you sure it's not Hasselu? <laughs> he he actually went on to explain that he's just like insanely talented, technically talented, and that uh, he might be as good as people think. Yes. Yeah. Oh. That's what I got yeah, out of this. Also, Steve Bruce made some comments about Miguel Amaro, just sucked him off. So it, it seems like Newcastle may have done two good signings. Because it seems like everyone's very high on these two guys. So good, yeah, good for, for Newcastle sure. for spending money. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> Something we've been saying for All years. Right. Let's dive into that BS meeting. Okay. Um, also... If you haven't listened to St. Gucci Max on BBC Sport Radio, give that a listen. Um, we don't really promote other people's work, but that was just a good interview. So uh, listen to that. Yeah. Um, so Newcastle are currently linked to um, a guy they've been scouting, a 20-year-old winger named Stefan Diara. Um, he has scored three times in 16 games for Ligue 2 outfit Le Mans this season. Um, most recently, there's not a lot on this player, but um, it, because he's 20, um, he came up in the Avion Academy. Um, he moved to Stade Rene. Um, didn't really do a lot there. Never made it made the jump to the first team on a consistent basis. Kind of the Stade Rene Bay. So I don't know how do you say B in French. So I'm just gonna say Bay. And then made yeah it is oh, good. you're right. Then made the move over to Le Mans, and he's been starting uh, a few games for Le Mans. Twelve appearances so far this season um, for Le Mans. Two goals, um, two league goals at least. Um, and then he's got a cup goal as well. So uh, I don't know. I don't think he'd be a player that Newcastle are looking to bring in into the first team. I'd imagine he's a U23-ish signing, kind of a fringe player, a prospect you take a flyer on. Not expensive, but being scouted by Newcastle, Leicester, and Celtic. Greg, BS meter on this one. Uh, this is hard, but what I'm going to say is his name's close to diarrhea, and that's how I'm feeling about this. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> it, this is a weird one because... Uh, Newcastle, as you and I both know, and I think every Newcastle fan knows, we do have a tendency to sign some French players, um, regardless of 
I mean, it seems like regardless of their talent, we sign French players all the time. So I wouldn't be surprised if yeah. this is a, a guy we're, we're scouting and looking at. And I wouldn't be surprised if he knacks a couple more goals that Newcastle pulled the trigger and signed them because I think he won't be expensive. Um, you're buying from a league. No, you're not. Yeah. You're buying from a league two side. So I mean, it, I don't know how expensive you can get. Even if you try to pull the old English inflation card, it's just this league is not good enough for you to charge over ten million pounds for a player unless this player has forty goals, like well thirty goals, I guess. Yeah. Um. So. In you know exactly so like <laughs> it's it's going to be tough for for us to pay you know over five six mil tops for this player and so i mean yeah uh, i don't see why newcastle wouldn't take a flyer on this um get him into the u23s maybe he's a little bit more maybe he's a little raw get him out on loan etc cetera, etc cetera. um so yeah, yeah i don't know if it's as bad diarrhea seems like a very solid choice it's not you know it's not pleasant but well, it's not solid. Exactly, it's not, it's not solid. <laughs> it's not yeah. a solid choice. <laughs> All right, um, some international break stats for you that I compiled. Um, we mentioned on here that we do really well leading up to an international break. And I wanted to kind of highlight that. So I went back to just the last five international breaks, which takes us to a year. I didn't count for this summer because that's not a break. That's off-season. Um, so that takes us a year ago. We've played 10 matches. The, so I took the two matches before the international break, the two league matches. So that's 10 total matches, 30 possible points. We've won seven of those 10 matches. We've drawn one. We've lost two. So we've gotten a total of 22 points of 30 in our last – so two matches leading up to our last five international breaks. Um, that's pretty dang yeah. awesome. Now, on the contrary, coming out of those breaks in the last five, we have a total of three points out of a possible 50. And we've lost immediately in our last four international breaks. That's... So that, I guess we'll segue into our preview, yeah, huh? I guess after we take a little <laughs> quick commercial break. Right after this. All right, Elijah. The tunes versus the vials. Oh. <laughs> uh, this is going to be an interesting one. Um, we'll start with the table, and then we'll get into some injuries and lineup ideas. And yes. And, listen and, to Elijah be right about things. Yes, obviously. And before we get into that, I, this is for my Americans – um, if anyone who's listening to this who's American and follows the NBA can tell me how Anthony Tolliver is still in the league, please, please, please tweet at me and let me know because I just it's one of those things where he's one of those players you look up and you're like, this guy is still on a team, and so I just wanted to make that point. So not at all related to this podcast, but just wanted to make that point. <laughs> okay. Um, Aston Villa sits in 17th place on 11 points. And we're in 13th on 15 oh. points. Um, Villa has three total wins. We have four. Um, and they have one more loss than us mm. as well. So, Or, sorry, two more losses. So, they actually, and there are four goals better in goal difference than us. <laughs> so, yeah. there's that. So, that gives us, let's go to injuries and lineups on Villa's side. Uh, Jota's out. Keenan Davis is out. Jed Steer is out. 
their jid steers are starting goalkeeper so it's going to be orjan nyland he's going to be starting on saturday and it is his first full premier league debut on a monday night fun fun mm-hmm. <laughs> um oh yeah and actually before we get into inter- the injuries i know i kind of just did but do you want to talk about the monday night thing yeah um so uh this is and then I'll continue with injuries. This is it. something that I our longtime listeners know. I usually bring this up, um, but <laughs> um, Newcastle, there is this very uh, I wouldn't say it's a stigma at this point, but there was a I wouldn't even say misconception. It's just the fact Newcastle seemed to get screwed with away matches because um, our fans will travel, and once again. Fans have done the research to support this. Um, this comes from Thomas, uh, who uh, you can follow him at Thomas, T-H-O-M-A-S, underscore N-U-S-T. Uh, he's a board member of the NUFC Trust. Congratulations on that. That's a recent um, thing because they just had their elections. Um, and he says, this is our 14th consecutive away game when selected for Sky Sports Monday Night Football at Villa on a Monday and he's posted this nifty little graphic that he's he's made uh, since the 2012-2013 season of pretty much like the total, this for all the televised matches, so we're looking at nationally televised matches, um, and I guess by proxy internationally televised matches. Um, this is the, the kind of the record for all the teams in the Premier League currently. Um, and so really kind of some of the only teams that are featured more nationally than us are the top five teams. Arsenal, um, you know, Man City, Man United, Tottenham, Liverpool, um, Everton's in there as well. Um, Man City, I think I already said that. Um, Surprisingly, Southampton, um, and surprisingly, West Ham. But Newcastle, by and large, are just leading the pack um, in away matches, with Man City being one of the only teams that just have more away nationally televised games than them. And Newcastle are killing the game with midweek away matches. And again, this is coming from a team, like, you know, you look at Man City, you look at Liverpool, and you look at, like, they have a lot of away matches and a lot of midweek matches, but that's because they're playing Champions League football. This is Newcastle, who's not playing any sort of Champions League football, nor are they advancing well in cups. So there's not a lot of reschedules due to Newcastle being good. It's just a lot of reschedules due to the league screwing over Newcastle. And um, they're just a team that seems to get the short end of the stick all the time um, when it comes to national televised matches. And here we are yet again. We'll be traveling away to Villa. Um, Obviously, the other thing to consider with Newcastle is that anywhere they travel is just really not ever convenient just due to the fact that the Northeast region has been down the past couple of years with uh with football yeah at least villa is not as far south as london yeah. but it obviously... but it's still not ideal you know yeah exactly um all right so getting back into injuries um it looks like i mean it's they're still listed as doubtful but I've, i'm hearing some signs that they could play and that's jack Grealish, bjorn engels and matt target they should be available but uh, other than that, like their main thing is Jed Steers out there. They're starting keeper. On Newcastle's side, Lascelles is out, Longstaff is out, Lejeune's out, and Matt Ritchie and Cher are also probably not playing. Oh, can um, I give you a quick this update? This is 
Um, yeah. There's a potential Lejeune could be available because Kieran Clark has picked up a knock over oh, yeah, the yeah, international yeah, yeah. break. So um, I don't I don't know how I don't know if Lejeune's going to start, but it's it's a potential that he's available. Um, I don't know. It's it's one of those things where. Who knows who's going to be starting? Is it going to be Fetty Fernandez? Is it going to be Lejeune? Is it going to be Clark? I mean, well, actually, it's not going to be Clark, but just keep that in mind. Yep. Yeah, and now, since we're here, let's hear your lineup, Yeah, so I I don't anticipate Lejeune starting. Ah, you know, actually, you do what you want when you pop, and I'm feeling good tonight. So let's let's have Lejeune start. It kind of makes sense. Um, Bruce has kind of commented on Lejeune. Um, I think he's kind of being a little hush-hush about it. It's not really like, hey, Lejeune's going to start. Hey, Lejeune's not going to start. He's saying this pretty much about him and Cher. They're both very close to being in full playing shape. So I think that's just Steve Bruce playing to, you know, he doesn't want to give away too much of his, uh, I guess is the only real part of his tactics is, like, who he's going to start. So I don't know if he wants to give that away. So I I think I'm going to roll with the assumption that Lejeune starts and I'm going to say, um, back line of Jetra Willems, Florian Lejeune, um, Shavian Cher, and Paul Dummett, with Paul Dummett wearing the armband. And okay. then we'll get DeAndre Yedlin, obviously, out there as, as our right wing back. Obviously, Dubrovka and goal. And then, let's see, midfield pairing. This is where it gets tricky. Actually, it doesn't because Longstaff's out. So, it's going to be Shelby and um, Hayden. I don't think Maddie Longstaff's going to start this match. I, there's a potential that I'm wrong. If you want to integrate Maddie Longstaff back into the first team, I think this is a match to do so just because I don't, I don't think Aston Villa is going to really win the midfield battle, but it's also a, a match in which, we'll talk about this a little bit later, but it's a match in which you want to get as much offense going as possible. I just think Shelby at the moment is the better offensive option. Um, and then out wide, we'll have Miggy and St. Maxman playing on the wrong sides per Steve Bruce's uh, crazy tactics with Joel Linton up top. Um, so yeah, that, that's, that's, my, uh, that's my little starting lineup for you. All right, I like that one. Um, I was interested to see, hear your back line solely because of the captain side of it. But, yeah, I'm, I'm on board with you. I think Dumbin plays. Um, yeah, I think I think Fernandez, Clark. I, I mean, that's I, I don't I don't think Clark's going to play. I, I think he right, is. Well, it, I'm literally reading an article that is talking about – it literally says – this one is this is a direct quote from Steve Bruce. The big one is Flo because he's been out for so long. He's done everything, played games, minutes under his belt on the training ground. He's ready to go, and, and the same goes for Fabian Shearer. As long as they come through the next two or three days unscathed, then both of them will come into contention, and that can only be a good thing. So I'm just I'm just saying, it looks like Lejeune and Clark are available. And it says, and it looks yeah. like Kieran Clark is our biggest worry after coming in with Ireland. He's got a knock. So we'll see how he is. Fabian, and he also, I keep saying Fabian, but I want to just reiterate Steve Bruce, which I think this is something we haven't talked about on the podcast. He has all these nicknames for players that are not that creative. 
first and foremost. But also, some players who don't make sense. He calls Fabian Scher, Fob Scher. And Lejeune. Big flow <laughs> and Fob Scher. So, he, he's... I don't know. Uh, I'm just saying, Steve Bruce, I'm looking at the quotes, reading between the lines. He's mentioning those two guys a lot, and he's mentioning that Karen Clark is injured. I'm guessing those two will start. That's just... That's just me gut reaction. Elijah Newsom immediate take. That's 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 what's going on there. Alright, now what does Newcastle United need to do to win? I mean, I think and and I think you and I talked about this, um, kind of uh I wouldn't say I before we recorded, I guess would be I don't know why I said I guess, but yeah, before we recorded, you and I talked about this. Um the uh, Aston Villa is going to be starting their backup keeper. Uh, you mentioned Steer is out. Um, I don't even remember the the backup keeper's uh, name. Uh, what's his name? Oh, here it is. Um, Orjan Nyland, who is uh, who is the backup keeper for Aston Villa and the backup keeper for Norway. So he's not. I wouldn't say he's a great keeper. It would be almost as nervy as us playing uh, Rob Elliott, honestly, where it's like this guy's just a backup on every level. Um, I would even rate Darlow is probably slightly better than this guy. Either way, you're playing a, a backup keeper who doesn't have a lot of game time. So the key for Newcastle is to keep doing what they've been doing. Um, a, a fan tweeted out a stat about how Newcastle have 33 shots in their last two matches with 18 on target. So it's you you got to keep pounding the ball, keep shooting, and hope this guy makes mistakes. You're assuming that this is, you know, it's a backup keeper first start. He's likely going to make some mistakes. It's all about making those, getting getting him to make those mistakes and then capitalizing on those as well. So that, that's my key to winning is just keep shooting, keep on shooting. Shoot, 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 shoot. 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 Yep. It literally, like, that was my exact thing. What I was going to say is just pepper this mm-hmm. keeper and, like, bounce some shots in there. Um, so, like, we're, we're on the same bark here. There's nothing new that I, I would bring. I, I literally think that's, like, going to be it. We're, I think we're good enough to have the ball even on the road. We should be at least. And our counterattacking is going to be way better than what Aston Villa should defend. So, like, when in doubt, just shoot. Just try to put it on target every time. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm completely with that. Let's go to Aston Villa side. Any players that we should look out for? I mean, it, it's tough to say. Villa's an interesting team um, because I think while a lot of teams are kind of settling into their identity, it still seems like Villa are all over the place in terms of, like, you know, how they play, and, and specifically the amount of goals they score. I mean, a couple weeks ago they scored five goals and they followed it up with like a one-goal performance. And they've been in a lot of really weird games with red cards and stuff like that, so it's really hard to get a good read on this team and get a good read on who actually is performing well for this team. Um, let's see. Um, I mean, you said Jack Grealish is likely going to be out. Um... No, 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 I think he's going to well, be playing. Okay, then it's him. Marvelous Nakamba is a decent <laughs> player as well. I, I don't know. I, 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 it's it's tough because I just feel like 
they're an inconsistent team. Grealish is probably their most consistently good player. And then Wesley Moraes is just a beast, um, who is a player that Newcastle could have signed but didn't sign. Yeah, he has four yeah, goals this year. So th- those would be the two players I'd look out for. Yeah, I have one other. He's going to be playing alongside Grealish, so it's pretty formidable midfield. They run like a 4-1-4-1. Um, and it's John McGinn. Oh, yeah, uh, he's plays for the Scottish yeah. national team. Uh, three goals, two assists this year for Villa, uh, and he's been pretty good, pretty solid in most of the matches this year. So uh, it's going to be breaking down those two, which are our front three can do on the counter attack. Like they're going to be able to outrun all these guys. So <laughs> that's. That's that, but yeah, I would. I mean, as far as if Villa has possession, you want to try to keep it. That front triangle of Grealish, um, McGinn, and Wesley are are worth to watch for. Good thing we have okay. a back line. Yes, very very good. That was weird. <laughs> stats. You got any stats? Uh, come on. Well, I mean, sometimes I have stats. I don't even know why I even said I scoffed like I didn't have stats. So you don't have stats. Okay. Um, these are, are, just for fun, these are our last 14 away games that we've played on Monday night in a row. December of 2012 at Fulham. August of 2013 at Man City. September of 2013 at Everton. April 2014 at Arsenal, September 2014 at Stoke, April 2015 at Liverpool, September 2015 at West Ham, March 2016 at Leicester, October 2017 at Burnley, April 2018 at Everton, November 2018 at Burnley, February 2019 at Wolves, April 2019 at Arsenal, and now November of 2019 at Aston Villa. The last time... Newcastle went to Villa Park in the Premier League. It was 2016-2017 season. It was a 1-1 draw. The last time, and it was scored by an own goal. Uh, Newcastle's goal was an own goal. So the last time Newcastle scored at Villa Park in the Premier League was the 2013-14 season. We scored two. Elijah, can you name those goal scorers? This is... 2013-2014 season. Uh, um, I'm going to guess Kabai and somehow Isopress. I don't even know. <laughs> no. Um, well, so you're you're not far off. Like Kabai was on. He was the on team. the field. Um, yeah. It was Hayden Ben Arfa. I was thinking Ben Arfa, but I was like, I don't know if I should say Ben Arfa, but. <laughs> and then the other one, which would have been a million points, is Johan Kufra. Yeah. I thought you were going to say Colchini. <laughs> that would have been wild. <laughs> yeah, that that would have um, The year before, goal scorers was Cissé and Kabai. So you weren't, you weren't far off. So it's been a while since we've scored at Villa in the Premier League. Um, hopefully that changes. Oh, it will. So... And let's let's talk about that changing to our predictions. I'll go mm-hmm. first. 
I'll nominate myself okay. to go first. Um, Villa have lost their last yeah. three Premier League matches, that, but they did face Manchester City and Liverpool <laughs> in two of those. Um, and we've won our last two. Something's got to give. Um, and we've also, Newcastle have only lost three of our last 11 matches. So that's something crazy to think about. On the road, on a Monday night, a little bit of extra break for, for the boys. I don't think it's going to be a shutout, but I'm going to be risky here. And I'm going to say we're going to take out the post-international break blues and come in with a 2-1 to win. Newcastle United, three in a row, putting us in the top ten. The, yeah, I mean, these are the kind of matches that you worry about as a Newcastle fan um, because these are the matches Newcastle should be winning. And when they don't win, you, you get kind of frustrated and nervous about how this season is going to turn out. If Newcastle look good in this match in a team uh, in this match against a team that they should be beating and a team that they have to consistently get results against this season in order to maintain security then then, then we're, we're 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 living life we're, we're feeling good but if it's if it's another match where it's been a bit of a disappointment we're thinking Norwich I mean Huddersfield last year you you start to panic again um and so I'm hoping for the for the former, and I'm hoping that Newcastle pull this one out three one. I think St. Gucci Max and Almiron get their debut goals, and I think I'm going to say Isaac Hayden scores. Uh, I couldn't decide between him or Shelby, but I think we'll get a goal from the midfield as well. Uh, I, I'm going to go three one. Wow, that would be amazing. it. Would be amazing. Could you imagine? It would be amazing, but I'm fully prepared for us to. To, for it to be a nil nil yeah, draw, yeah. like I'm, uh, I <laughs> yeah. realistically like if you were if I were to put money on this match, if I'm a betting man, I bet on a nil nil draw. But I'm not a betting man, which is why I went with the three one win. Yeah, yeah, makes yeah. sense. All right. Well, Elijah, we don't have no. any questions. Is there is there anything that you have before we depart on this fine evening? Um. I would just like to say shout out to all my fans, of which there are many. So many, in fact, that they okay. asked us questions. So, Yeah. Yeah, that, that was a joke. You can just hear them. You can just hear them crowding Yeah, there is a standing ovation <laughs> in my right. honor right now. Oh, awesome. well, actually, well, I have concludes... a question for you, Greg. Yep. Um. What is the best beer you've drinking in the past two months? The past two mm. months. I think people like it when we I... ask some of these these quirky questions that are useful for them, but it's not like you know, it's not really related to well, Newcastle at all in any way. What is is this a purely you think, or are you actually receiving this feedback? I, I'm just making this up. You think people okay. actually give me feedback? Come on. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, what I was no, wondering. They don't. They don't. Um, so, the best beer I've had in the last two months is a very interesting one. It's from a local brewery in Las Vegas called Abel okay. Baker, um, and it's called Radioactive Duck. Interesting. IPA. The best. Be- it's very, very different. It actually has like pepper in the beer. 
like extremely unique. Hmm. Really good. Um, yeah. I had an IPA in um, in Auburn actually that was from Jekyll Island Brewing, the Hop Dang Diggity. It was also very good. That yeah. was very solid. I was just so you know, there's an actual brewery of, of Jekyll Island in Alpharetta. Oh, didn't know that. It was delicious. Yep. So, so you can go actually visit it without going to Jekyll yes. Island. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm seeing. It, it's it. I'm I'm now reading it, and it like there, because I just looked them up because I was I wanted to make sure I got the name right, and it says inspired by Jekyll Island, Georgia, but it's located in Alpharetta, Georgia. So what's up with that? Yeah. So if you, anyone from Jekyll Brewing is listening to this, <laughs> what's up with that? Change your name to Alpharetta Brewing. Yeah. Well. I highly recommend you visit. It's a cool I spot. I mean, come on now. Cool. I'll be going to a couple of breweries in Charlotte tomorrow. I got some good recs. Um, yes. Uh, so if you're, if any of you live in Charlotte, apparently I have to go to Wooden Robot and try the Good Morning Vietnam. So all of that sounds delicious because it's fun. <laughs> I like that. Good Morning Vietnam. Robin yeah. Williams. Shout out to him. Thank you. That's a that's a good pop culture reference. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that concludes episode ninety-seven of CHN Radio. I'm your host Greg Troxel. That's the best damn co-host in the land, Elijah Newsom. We'll see you on Monday night. We're actually going to be recording immediately after the game, pretty much. Well, like a yeah, few I mean. hours after. <laughs> so you're going to get a recap pretty quick in comparison thanks to Monday night but uh, this is the most beautiful song in the world coming to Newcastle and away the lads To be a Jody and to live in Jody land. Some people think we're 40 and we're hard to understand. And they say it's just self pity and we're not so very tough. Cause the people in the big fat city haven't had it tough as rough. I'm coming home, Newcastle. You can keep your London wine. I'd walk the streets all day. I'll meet for a bottle of the river time. I'm coming home. Newcastle, I wish I'd never been a weird. I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother seeing Henny how weird I'm coming home. And I miss the old blind busker who stands at Phoenix door. He plays a mean accordion, you've all seen him there before. The Geordie heroes, there's so many famous names Like Lindisfarne in Gaza, Brendan Foster in the Gates at Games I'm coming home, Newcastle, I might as well have been in jail I'd walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of your own brown nail I'm coming home, Newcastle, if you never win the cup again I'll brave the dark in St James's Park, in the Gallagher's end in the rain I'm coming home Newcastle, you can keep your London wine. I'd 
walk the streets all day I'll wait for a bottle of the river tonight I'm coming home, Newcastle I wish I'd never been away I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound And me brother saying, hear me how we I'm coming home, Newcastle I might as well have been in jail I'd walk the streets all day I'll wait for a bottle of your own brown nail I'm coming home, Newcastle If you never win the cup again I'll brave the dark as in James's pocket, the Gallagher's end in the rain. I'm going-